It is March 16th, and it is time for Smack Talk. Hello, I am Zach Goodman, bringing you a podcast from the Webster Sports Media Club. We're back into it. We took a little bit of a hiatus again after our last podcast about the Super Bowl. That was the the pre-Super Bowl. But now we're back. I recently broke my ankle, so there's been a lot of things going on in, in my life, and we pushed back the podcast a little bit. So we're back, and what else would we be talking about? It's the middle of March. Obviously, we're talking about March Madness, and uh, luckily, I'm joined by two college basketball experts. They definitely know what they're talking about. That's Jackson King and Jordan Smeevils. So I just want to just break down the bracket. I, I, I know a lot of people are, are doing this, and we're not going to go game by game necessarily, but kind of looking at each region and, and some interesting matchups that we could see, some interesting first-round matchups that, that could be upsets. Uh, and also looking at uh, who we think is going to come out of each division, what the Elite Eight is going to look like, and uh, not divisions, but regions. So uh, what, what we're going to start with is is the West Division, or the West Region, uh, with, with Gonzaga. Uh, what do you guys see out of this division? What what are some interesting first-round matchups? Oklahoma, Missouri, obviously it's an 8-9 game. Those games are always usually pretty good in the first round. The winner of that game would most likely take on Gonzaga. Obviously, they have to win their first round game, but um, Oklahoma, Missouri, that those two, those are two teams coming in kind of struggling a little bit, but they both have the firepower to put up a good game uh, against each other and then in future rounds, too. So I'm excited to watch uh, that game for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think at the end of the day, whoever wins that game, it's not <laughs> not going to really matter because I think Gonzaga is on a, a different level than than either of these schools, but Missouri at one point was a top 10 team in the country. And when they're playing well, they, they can compete with anyone. So it would be an interesting second round matchup if, if Missouri can get by Oklahoma. I like that one. I also like the UCSB versus Creighton matchup because I think this is a 12, five upset that is just waiting to happen. Yeah, for sure. Is on a roll right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love uh, Ja'Cory McLaughlin for UCSB. He's been playing amazing. They run a, a really good offense to where it's kind of a horn set and they kind of get him in the middle of the paint just so he can either shoot that. And then they have the backdoor cutters where if he doesn't have that shot, he can just lob it up. And I feel like he's the main key. If they want to win this game, a lot of the offense is going to have to go through him. Major talking point of this region and the other regions too, but this one specifically is there the issues with COVID specifically with a bunch of teams in this region. Uh, Virginia had to bow out of the ACC tournament after a COVID case. Kansas had to do the same. And those are two of the top four seeds in this region. So it'll be interesting to see. I know Virginia, um, they're not even traveling until Friday or Thursday at the late, at the earliest. So, um, and they're supposed to play on Saturday. So it'll be interesting to see how they uh, can get off the bus and into the hotel and onto the floor. So I'm excited to watch that. And then Kansas, obviously too, against a good, but uh, sneaky Eastern Washington team. I agree as well. That That's going to be, that's going to be fun. And, and just staying in this, this side of the bracket, that's definitely two teams that, I like the UCSB Creighton matchup. I like UCSB being able to come out of that, uh, like Jackson just touched up on. I also like the Ohio Virginia matchup for a couple of reasons. Like you just mentioned, Virginia is struggling with COVID nineteen, so who knows if they'll even be able to play? It might be Louisville coming in to to play for them, and that's I, I don't know. I just like this matchup for Ohio, even though a thirteen versus four is is something that doesn't happen super often uh, with a thirteen seed winning. I really think Ohio can turn this, uh, pull this one off. Uh, they have great three point shooters and they do good rebounders and they beat Cleveland state. Who's in the tournament as well. They just won, just won horizon league. They beat them 101 to 46 in December. 
And I know it's it's a smaller conference, but 101 to 46 is is a statement to me. And they also only lost by to Illinois by two, um, which is obviously impressive the way Illinois has been playing and uh, how much of a favorite they are in their side of the bracket. So I think Ohio and UCSB could both turn this up, uh, pull this upset off. And I think they could actually have a 13 versus 12 matchup in the round of 32. The game I'm really excited for is the VCU versus Oregon. Uh, most of the guys on their team haven't had that tournament experience. Uh, the last time they went to the tournament for both teams was, I think, two years ago. And they've only returned three players from both of those teams. And so neither of those teams have the experience in the tournament. So I feel like it's going to bring a lot of uh, nervous playing. But I, I feel like a lot of the guys are going to be excited as well to play. Back on that Ohio uh, team, uh, I'm actually – taking them as a little bit of a Cinderella run there to the sweet 16. I think they can get by Virginia and then obviously 12 versus 13 matchup in the sweet 16. If UCSB gets there, it's kind of a toss up as well, but even if they were to play Creighton, I think they can get by. So I'm excited to see what Ohio can do. Obviously there's a bunch, there's three or four Cinderella kind of Cinderella teams every year. And I think uh, Ohio might be onto something. I actually have them in my sweet 16 as well, because I like both of those upset picks with UCSB and Ohio and I mean, I can, obviously it's a 13 versus 12 matchup now in the, in the round of 32. So now we're looking at uh, a double digit seed in the sweet 16. If that were to happen, of course, these, these would have to be upsets that were pulled off, but I agree. I, I also like Ohio as a Cinderella type of team, um, especially the way they can get hot and they've competed with some of the best teams in the league. So I can see them getting to the Gonzaga matchup. I, obviously I don't think they can, they can pull off that against Gonzaga, but uh, a Sweet 16 would be a, a great run for an Ohio school. Like you touched up on in the Oregon VCU game, it, sh- it could be a nerve-wracking game, but when the Ducks have been healthy, they've been really good, the Oregon Ducks, that is. And I could even see them competing with Iowa in the second round if they can get there and maybe knocking out Iowa, especially because Iowa has been, in, in close games, really struggled to to come through and end up winning it. To, to close out games. This just puts a lot of pressure on Gonzaga to, to obviously they're undefeated right now, but even more pressure goes on them because this is a region that they kind of probably be able to handle with a little bit more ease than the other regions. So this is, this is their year and they got to prove everyone that they can do it in the tournament. Exactly. This is when I, when I look at it, a lot of people say that Baylor has an easy shot at the, at their region, but I honestly think Ohio state's a better team than Iowa is. And I'd rather play Iowa in uh, the Elite Eight than I would play Ohio State, although I'd rather play Arkansas instead of Kansas if that was the three matchup that eventually gets the Elite Eight. I think this is Gonzaga's region, and I'd be really, really surprised if they don't make it to the Final Four. I, I just don't see it, it, it not happening. Uh, the only two teams that I see beating them are Kansas and Iowa, and I mean they have, uh, they're going to have a tough time getting there. Even USC, um, as a sixth seed, they're going to have a tough time getting out of their first game, it, whether it's Wichita State or Drake. And I think both of those teams are good enough to to knock off um, SC. So, I mean, it's an interesting bracket. I think you might see a lot of upsets in the first couple rounds. But I, I really think that it's Gonzaga. It's going to be in the Elite Eight for sure um, from the top and side of that bracket. And then it's either going to be Kansas or or Iowa. I don't really see anyone else getting there. Yeah, I agree. I feel like at the beginning of the year, kind of when you've seen all of the 
the powerhouse schools go down, the Dukes, the Kentuckys, uh, even when Michigan State was struggling, everybody realized that it's almost anybody's game. And right now on this side of the bracket, especially in the West, I feel like there's a lot of competition, but the competition isn't up to Gonzaga's level. I feel like they're on a whole different level than everybody else. Maybe Kansas could be a good team to compete, but I'm pretty sure they've already beat them early on in the season. And I feel like if Jalen Suggs and uh, Drew Timmy are doing really good, then it's going to be a going to be a really good good run for them. And Gonzaga and Iowa actually matched up earlier on in the year, a game that Iowa ended up winning, I, I believe, by double digits. I watched that entire game, and it was actually closer than the the final score looked like. But Iowa didn't shoot great in that game, and you got to give credit to Gonzaga's defense as well. But the three ball was just not falling for for Iowa in that game. And I said, if they play Gonzaga later in the year, I think they could beat them. And a few of my brackets, I do have Iowa going on to the Final Four. But I, I, if I'm confident in one team making it out of their region, I really think Gonzaga is is a write-in for the Final Four um, more than any of the other one seeds are. Yeah, and, and this just even brings another talking point across. We talked about Iowa and Kansas both playing Gonzaga earlier in the season. Well, so did Virginia. So that's all four or all three of the top four seeds besides Gonzaga, they've already played in Gonzaga. I know Gonzaga beat Virginia by like 30 plus points. They handled Kansas and Iowa pretty well. So that just puts even more pressure onto them. It will be interesting to see how they, they respond after playing uh, the, the, the West coast conference schedule the entire year. And most of those teams are not very competitive with Gonzaga. Of course, BYU is up double digits in the second half. Uh, of the championship game there and BYU is a sixth seed, a very solid team, but they haven't faced the level of competition that they're going to see in the later rounds of this tournament since late November, early December. So I think that could be a stepping stone of getting back in that rhythm, but I, I still, I just see Gonzaga coming out of this, this side, but you know, it's, it, it's an interesting region and I think there's going to be a lot of upsets, especially in the first round. And I really think you could see uh, a double digit seed, making it to the Sweet 16. If it's not Ohio or UCSB, I think Wichita State or Drake um, could also, whoever wins that first four game, could, could also make it to the Sweet 16. So now we're going to move on to the East Division, which is in the bottom left corner of your bracket. And this has Michigan in the the region. And I think Michigan is the most, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. I, not I would say vulnerable. Vulnerable, that's that's the word I was looking for, though. Michigan's the most vulnerable one seed to get knocked out early. I even see it. Uh, St. Bonaventure versus LSU should be a great A9 game. But if LSU can win, I can see LSU definitely knocking out Michigan in the round of 32. And if they get by LSU, I can see Florida State easily knocking them out in the Sweet 16. So I think Michigan has a really tough run at it. And Goody, I hate to bring this up, but I think your Buffaloes of Colorado might be in a little trouble early. Oh, I know. They got a terrible, they got terrible uh, placement in this. And of course they had a good run in the Pac-12 tournament. They've been really solid all year. Uh, I love rooting for the Buffs and McKinley Wright as a senior going out. Um, anyone from the Pac-12, I enjoy rooting for. But Georgetown, you have Georgetown off of a Big East championship and they're just flying right now. They're playing so well. And Patrick Ewing's got him going. And that, that's a very scary first round matchup and uh, a 12 versus five that a lot of people are taking the upset in. Well, with Georgetown being 13 and 12 and being that 12 seed, I mean, it's tough. 
uh, especially coming off that Big East tournament. It kind of reminds me of the the old UConn days when Kimba Walker he made the long run in the with UConn, yeah, yeah, I, 11, I, an eleven game, eleven games in a row. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think. But yeah, maybe Georgetown has it in him to pull off a couple upsets and make it a little bit. Here's my thing about Colorado, and of course, I've seen a lot of their games, but they play to the level of competition of their opponent. I can honestly see the Buffs making a, a deep run in this tournament, winning three or four games, just because they play, they've played with any team that has been really, really good. They've played close games. They've won big games. But then when they've played some bad teams, they've had some bad losses to, to Utah and Washington, which are teams that they should blow out of the water when they play them at the level that Colorado is. And they kind of play down to that level. Uh, so we'll see if Tad Boyle has his guys ready uh, against the Georgetown team. That's that's really, really hot right now, and I'm sure he will. But also coming at that, that second-round matchup, I don't think you, uh, UNCG really has a chance at, at all. I really think uh, – Florida State will, will definitely handle that four versus 13 matchup. And I really like Florida State uh, to go on around. I think Florida State's one of the best teams and most underrated teams in the entire tournament. I know for me, I have Florida State reaching my Elite Eight. I think they can knock off Michigan or whoever they play in the Sweet 16. But, I mean, if you want to look farther down the bracket, I have my eye on UConn. Um, I know they're they're not a seven seed in a normal year. Uh, their, their, their best player, James Booknight, was out for a majority of the season with not COVID but other – um, injuries and health issues. So in a normal year, if he plays the whole year, you're, they're probably looking at a four or five seed in a uh, great first round matchup. They have a tough first round matchup with Maryland who uh, didn't have a great record in the big 10, but it's also the big 10 and that's the best conference or one of the best conferences in America this year. Um, so I'm excited to watch UConn play. They can see if they can uh, rekindle some of that spark that got them those couple runs like a decade ago. They always talk about it. You know, UConn always has those those runs in them, and it kind of seems like deja vu in, in a sense. Of course, they didn't win the Big East, but they're you know they they they're really hot right now, and they're a very talented team that has played well against some big teams this year. And I think that they match up really really well with Alabama in the second round. I think the play styles would would be really good against each other. It, uh, Maryland's no. Uh, shrug off either. Maryland can really play, and the Terps are playing well right now. But if you beat Maryland, then tough man uh, matchup against Alabama. And if you win that, most likely you're playing Texas again, which is really tough matchups. And let's just talk about Texas for a moment because this is the bracket, this is the region where I can see four or five different teams coming out of it. And so yeah. you talk about Texas as well and the, the way they can shoot the basketball they're going to be a tough out as well. And I think that makes the most sense too, because Michigan is the last number one seed. So they're facing uh, the last number two seed, the last number three seed and all that. So, or the first, they're, they're facing the first of the twos and the threes. So it's wide open. I mean, this is probably the most wide open region. I would say by far, you can see, like you said, four or five, maybe even six teams that could get all the way to the final four if they get hot. Jason, who do you like coming out of this side of the, uh, this region? Uh, I actually have UConn in the Elite Eight. Uh, it's going to be a UConn Florida State, in my opinion. But uh, one of the early upsets I have, depending on who wins out of one of the playing games with Michigan State and UCLA, I have I have Michigan State and UCLA pulling off an up or one of the two pulling off that upset against uh, BYU. 
I think coaching has a lot to do with it, especially if uh, MSU pulls it off. If you have Tom Izzo on your side, uh, I feel like a lot of things are going to happen. And they've been playing good basketball as of late. And BYU, as you talked about earlier, they haven't had those uh, big games other than playing Gonzaga and playing them well. Uh, they haven't seen really great competition in their conference. So I'm looking for an upset there. Yeah, and Michigan State, they've had some – they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Nothing impressive. They've lost to Maryland. Um, they lost to Michigan once. They've lost to Maryland twice, excuse me, Purdue and Iowa, which are, are not bad losses necessarily, but they have some big wins. They've beat Michigan. They've beat Illinois. They beat Ohio State. And they've proven that they can play with uh, the big dogs. And, of course, they're, they're Michigan State. So you assume that they can uh, year in and year out. But I do like BYU. Everyone's kind of kind of just writing off BYU a little bit. And they just took Gonzaga to the wire. They gave Gonzaga everything they could in the, the West Coast Conference Championship. And what I always like about BYU in really any sport is that these kids show up as a freshman. They're 18, 19 years old. They go to school for a year. They redshirt get accustomed to the program a little bit. And then most likely they go on a two year mission trip. So now they come back, they're 21, 22 years old. And by the time they're seniors, I mean, these are grown men playing at 24 and 25 and the experience and just the, the peak of their athletic careers. I like BYU to, to make some runs. Sometimes I even had in a couple brackets, them beating Texas and having that matchup with either Alabama or Connecticut. Uh, but my my team that's coming out of this, I like Florida State. I think they're the most well-rounded team in this bracket, and they always have so many guys that you can rely on. So I have Florida State being Alabama in my Elite Eight. And, of course, I mix it up. I, I make a million brackets when I do this, but this is this is my favorite bracket. I have uh, Florida State over Alabama into the Final Four. I think we'd be remiss to move on from this region without talking about Iona and Rick Pitino. Uh, obviously, Rick Pitino has a, a long history in the NCAA tournament. He's a great coach. He's taken Iona to the NCAA tournament uh, in his first year there. And obviously, it's a long shot to beat Alabama, two seed versus a 15. But if you're looking for a long shot, uh, Iona's definitely one you should probably probably take a look at with Rick Pitino at the helm. Especially with the, the way Alabama likes to run the pace and space offense, uh, they're always running and gunning the whole time. And with Rick Pitino, he's known for his defense. And so Iona's going to pressure the ball the whole time. They're going to force turnovers. They're going to uh, try to upset as many Crimson Tide players as they can. So I feel like I feel like you're right. This could be one of the upsets. I, I don't particularly think this game should be very close, if, if I'm being honest. And I'm sure you guys, for the most part, of course, an upset can happen. But I, I don't know. I – I love that Rick uh, Rick Pitino's back in, but I just I just don't see it happening. Um, Alabama's so good and they play so aggressively. And even though they're they're not especially big, they do really well on the boards. And they've played, you know, just strength of schedule wise, uh, a strength of schedule that is is a million times harder than Iona's. And I think it's the tenth hardest schedule in the league in in the entire country this year. That's that's what we got. I have Florida State and uh, Gonzaga of those first two. Who did you guys say that you have coming out? You said UConn, Smeevil, and uh, who do you have coming out of this? You, uh, Jackson? For the Elite Eight, I have Florida State and Texas. Yeah, but who do you have uh, in the oh, final four from that, winning that region? Florida State. Yeah. So I think Florida State's a popular pick. Smeevil likes the UConn Cinderella run, which would be really cool to see. I would not be bummed out to see it. And I definitely had that in a few brackets. So – that would be good as well. Now moving up to the South region, that's in the top right corner of your bracket. I think this one 
like people said, is, is a pretty straight shot for Baylor to get into at least the Elite Eight. I agree, but I, I would be careful with uh, Purdue there. Um, they have the they went through a rugged Big Ten schedule, and obviously I'm from Indiana, so I'm not too far from Purdue, so I might have a little bit of Big Ten bias, but they played a rugged Big Ten schedule and, and finished fourth in the conference and quietly finished fourth in the conference in the regular season. So Purdue gets by uh, North Texas. They're looking, they might be looking at a, a either Winthrop or Villanova, and Villanova is without their best player. So then if they win that, they're all, all of a sudden they're in the Sweet 16 facing Baylor. And uh, Purdue has the bigs. Uh, they have Trayvon Williams and Zach Eady, who are both about seven feet tall, and they have a lot of good guards. So they can put a recipe. And Matt Painter's looking for his fourth straight Sweet 16 appearance. So he's done it, and he has the recipe for success in the tournament. A four seed doesn't give him any credit at all, especially coming out of the Big Ten, which is – easily probably the best conference we've seen in college basketball ever. I mean, they have nine tournament bids, I think, but all of them beat up on each other on the last half of the season. Everybody's beating everybody. It's kind of hard to judge who the best of them are. So, I mean, I feel like Purdue any other year could have been a a two seed with this year, but uh, with everybody being good, I feel like, I feel like they can make a run. Yeah, they could. I, I, I do like Purdue as well. And, of course, Zach Eady's seven foot four. So, you know, you get the ball into him and you're able to kick out. I just don't trust the way that they're going to be able to shoot the basketball from beyond the arc. Uh, of course, they could they could make that run. But I think Baylor has the easiest 401 seed, easiest straight shot to the Elite Eight is, at least. Um, of course, if they play Ohio State there, I think that'd be a really tough game. And we talked about Purdue. They might get a little lucky, too, because North Texas is no, no slouch, of course. But Winthrop is probably almost the favorite by a lot of people to, to beat Villanova. This is probably the most common 12, five upset that anyone's going to pick just because Villanova is, is losing Connor uh, Gillespie and Colin Gillespie, excuse me, not Connor. And, but they, they're going to rely a lot on Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who's uh, an elite level forward and NBA kind of guy eventually. And, I don't know. Villanova is still a really, really good team. We're talking about a team who was in the top 10 for most of the the year. But another thing about Villanova is they haven't won a game away from home since January 30th. So they have not performed well away from their own arena out of Philadelphia. And Purdue kind of has a pretty lucky draw here, in my opinion, where they could they could definitely face a 13 and a 12 seed before getting to Baylor. And that would be a heck of a game. My issue with Baylor is that they really haven't found their stride yet with they've had been on a couple of COVID pauses and yeah, they made it to the big, uh, big 12 semifinals in the tournament. But I mean, they really haven't put it all together, which is scary because they're still a one seed and they're still probably a top five pick to make it to the, to win the championship. But if they put it together, they could run through this easily, but I'm nervous about them coming off COVID and still trying to find their groove. I think Baylor is a no doubt easy pick on the first round. Uh, especially against Hartford. But if North Carolina makes it out of their their match against Wisconsin, I feel like North Carolina can pull off that upset. Uh, Their defense is ridiculous right now with their two bigs, uh, Armando Baycott and um, Garrison Brooks. And as much as I hate to say it, being a Duke fan, I I think North Carolina could pull it off. Definitely. One of of my underdog teams – for the the bottom half of this region is Texas Tech. I know they haven't played great of late, that they did play and beat Texas. They played a really close game against Texas. They lost by one point in the conference tournament. They're a team that 
I like betting on teams that uh, not necessarily betting, but rooting for teams and, and expecting them to do well in the tournament. Uh, of course I can't bet on the <laughs> college basketball player. I mean, college baseball player. I wish I was a college basketball player. Uh, not very good at that sport, but who has some of the best players in the country. That's why I like Luca Garza. That's why I, I liked watching Minnesota play a lot with Marcus Carr. Um, that's why I like Oklahoma state to make a good run of things in this tournament. But Mac McClun is so much fun to watch. And I know there's times where he hasn't played up to his level, but for the most part this year, he's been a very, very special player and a kind of guy that can really make an impact and shine in the tournament. Yeah, for sure. And they played in a big 12 conference. That was one of the top two conferences in America this year. And they were right in the thick of things that they usually played tight games and they were tough. Uh, they weren't great away from home this year, um, but they were great at home. So, and Chris Beard, I mean, he has a, a recipe for success in the tournament, obviously getting his team to the final four a couple of years ago. So um, that potential Texas tech, Arkansas game in the second round is, is probably one of the better second round games that we could prob- possibly see. Yeah, it, it would be a good second round game. Uh, of, of course, they had to get by Utah State first, but I don't see an upset happening there. A lot of people love an upset of Colgate versus Arkansas. Uh, that's a, a 14 versus three upset. It would be a massive one. But a lot of people like Colgate because they have been playing so well right now. They, they kind of ran through the Patriot League the entire year, and they have a very veteran-style team that has been playing really, really well of late. They've won all 10 of their last games, and they're 13-1 and one on the year. And, you know, they're, they're a team that could definitely give Arkansas a run for their money. If you look just down at the bottom of the bracket there, Ohio State at number two, they uh, made it to the Big Ten Championship, took Illinois to overtime, and Illinois is obviously the hottest – or one of the hottest, if not the hottest teams in the country. So Ohio State is a two-seed is a pretty scary uh, proposition for Baylor if it comes down to that in the Elite Eight potentially. But they would have a tough run um, getting there if they got by, obviously, Oral Roberts in the first round. But – they're, uh, they're an exciting team to watch, and they have a lot of guys that can uh, fill it up. Yeah, they could. I really like Ohio State, and I think, honestly, that's probably the best two seed, in my opinion, in the entire tournament. I, I like them over Alabama, Houston, and Iowa. I think Ohio State, if they win that game against Illinois, could have even been a one seed. They played a great game. And they, they push it to overtime and only lose by – I think they ended up losing by three, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, because they had that little last-second, two-second, uh, three-point shot that went in with, that they didn't even cover. So Ohio State's so dangerous, and I really do see this matchup ending up being a Baylor versus Ohio State Elite Eight. Um, I'd chalk it in for, for the best possibility of a one playing a two-seed here in the Elite Eight. And I think a Baylor-Ohio State game would be remarkable. Illinois is the hottest team in the country right now. And Ohio State almost pulled off the the upset. And not even really an upset. They almost pulled just they, – they can compete with them. And Ohio State's one of the, the best teams in this country. And I really think that Baylor-Ohio State game would be really something special to watch. I have uh, both of those teams making it to the Elite Eight. And I feel like that would be a fun game to watch. I'm just looking kind of towards the end of the region here and – um, we, you like, you guys like Baylor. I actually like, obviously again, probably a little bit of bias, but I like Purdue to make it all the way to the lead eight and, uh, get a, a nice, uh, big 10 rematch with Ohio state. And I'm not really set on who I have winning there, probably Ohio state, but, uh, we'll have to see how it plays out. Obviously if Baylor gets hot and finds a groove, they're probably going to make it there. 
Yeah, I think Baylor's. You know, I think Baylor might, in my opinion, is the most talented team in the country. And before their COVID pause, they just kind of blew everyone out of the water, and it wasn't really close. And a big, in a tough, tough Big Twelve conference, like we mentioned, but the second best conference in the country this year. And I think they would have been the best conference in most years. Um, but of course, the Big Ten was just so unbelievable this year. You know, it, it, it's going to be a close game. I have Baylor coming out of it. I think they're going to uh, find their stride. And I know a lot of Bears fans are a little bit nervous that they're they're not going to get back to the team that they were early this season. Um, but I think Baylor comes out of that that bracket. But I, I really think it's either Ohio State or Baylor. I know you like Purdue, and they could definitely make some noise. But I, I think the the one two, it, it's got to be one of the the top two seeds in that in that region. Yeah, I definitely think Baylor's going to probably end up winning it. Like you said, if they wouldn't have had that. COVID case, I mean, they'd still probably be on a steamroll demolishing everybody. But of course, with this season having to take a pause, it kind of took a step backwards, but hopefully they find their, their step again and uh, continue on that train. All right, let's move down into the final region, which is the Midwest region. You have Illinois as the one seed there, and they are the hottest team in the country with two of the biggest stars in the country uh, with Kofi and Ao. They're a lot of people's favorite to to win the entire tournament, but there are. This is a a really good bracket where I see a lot of teams that could potentially upset them. Yeah, I'm just taking a look at it. You have Oklahoma State as a four seed. They have the best player in the country, and Kate Cunningham will be the number one pick in the in the NBA draft in a few months. And I think those two at the top of the bracket are on a collision course to the to the Sweet Sixteen in this uh, region, but. You, then you have Loyola Chicago. Obviously, they're pretty close to my home, and they had a miraculous run a couple years ago. Uh, Illinois versus Loyola Chicago in the second round would be awesome. In-state, uh, not rivals, but in-state competition. Uh, big recruit. They go on a lot of recruiting competitions with each other, so um, that's a, that's exciting. And obviously, with Sister Jean, I just saw today that she's going to be making the trip down to Indianapolis to watch Loyola, so maybe they can uh, get a little bit of that spark and flair from 2017 when they made it all the way to the Final Four. Yeah, I feel like the biggest matchup is going to be in the Sweet 16 if Illinois and uh, Oklahoma State can end up playing each other. Uh, honestly, I feel like West Virginia has a good chance of making it off the other side, but I think the eyes are going to be focused on that Sweet 16 matchup just because because of Cade coming because of Cade Cunningham and how dominant Illinois has been. I feel like they're going to bash heads. Kind of It'll be a good game. Yeah, I, and, and you can't forget about Tennessee because they played so well at the start of the year and they were a lot of people, they were heavy odds on favor to win the sec at the start of the year. Of course that didn't end up happening, but I still think Tennessee could, could beat Oklahoma state in, in that second round, Oklahoma state's been playing really well of recent and they have the potential to play with anyone in the country. And if it wasn't Illinois uh, right there, if they were in maybe Baylor or uh, Michigan's bracket with the one seed, I could really see, myself taking Oklahoma state to go to the final four. Um, but I think this is Illinois top side of the bracket and I could see them playing either Tennessee or Oklahoma state. I can even see uh, Oregon state though, getting that 12, five upset over Tennessee in that first round matchup coming off their PAC 12 tournament uh, championship. And sometimes you've got to roll with the hot hands and the Beavers are definitely that right now, even though they weren't great during the regular season. Now looking at the bottom side uh, of that bracket, I know, uh, you mentioned Syracuse, Smeevil, and but they they have a tough first round matchup against San Diego State, who has been rolling of late. They've won eleven straight games, and of course, last year before the season got canceled, they had won thirty straight uh, thirty straight games. 
And they're led by Matt Mitchell and the Aztecs have, have made some runs in the tournament before. There are no newcomers to this kind of pressure. And I really think San Diego State could win uh, two, three games in this tournament if they get going, but I could also see them losing against Syracuse in that first round. Uh, a tough, this is going to be for me, the, the most interesting, uh, I don't know, quarter, the, the 14 matchups who, who's going to come out of this and play in the elite eight. Um, because I didn't really see a lot of different teams doing it. My favorite pick right now is I'm really high on Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers had that win over Illinois this year. They played a close game against Ohio state. They played a close game against Iowa. When Iowa was ranked super high, they played Wisconsin close. They have the team and the players that they could really go and make an upset push. And I really, uh, Houston, to me, is such a, a weak two seed, in my opinion, that is very, very beatable in that second round. For sure. I'm, you talk about Rutgers. They, uh, they, went, they started the year pretty well, obviously, beating Illinois. And then they faced a lot of um, injuries that uh, some of them were COVID-related, some of them weren't. And, they kind of didn't get their guys back until towards the end of the year. We we're never really able to get in into a rhythm uh, as a team. So they're definitely a dangerous 10 seed. I think Clemson's kind of uh, sleepwalking into the tournament. Obviously they lost in the ACC tournament to Miami. Who's not very good this year. Uh, so Rutgers is definitely um, like you said, a team to keep an eye out on. Uh, if you look back up at San Diego state, we were talking about earlier. Um, I think they're much better than a six seed, to be honest, obviously not playing in the greatest of conference, but the mountain West this year was Pretty exciting to watch. Uh, I know at one point they were almost going to get four teams in and only ended up getting two in or one or two in. So uh, they, they got two. They had Utah State as well. Boise State and Colorado State just missed out on it. Yeah. So like you said, uh, I think they're much better than just a six seed. Obviously, last year they were shooting for a one seed in that tournament before it got canceled. So I think San Diego State, they did get a tough draw, though. Having faced Syracuse, who's got a great reputation in the, in the NCAA tournament, and then a, a tough West Virginia team uh, potentially in the second round. So uh, this is a pretty fun bracket or region to uh, kind of look at, and but not fun to decide what teams are going to win. <laughs> oh, I know because West Virginia. I, I can easily see West Virginia coming out of the winning in that Sweet Sixteen game and matching up against Illinois, hopefully, or Oklahoma State in that Elite Eight game. To me, Houston is just so unpredictable because obviously they play the best defense in the country. And they play a really high, fast-paced offense that, they, I mean, they're going to throw up a lot of threes and they're going to try to score points uh, at a high rate. They're going to play really fast-paced, but they play really, really good defense and really stifle their opponents. But to me, they've been, of course, they've, they've only lost three games this whole year, so you can't discredit them. And, of course, they got to be a high seed. Uh, but their only big win to me is, is over Texas Tech. And Texas Tech is uh, a sixth seed this year. So it's not like... You know, they went out and beat Illinois or they went out and beat another big team, a big name. They really haven't. And they, they've struggled against a lot of other teams. They, they lost at Wichita State. They lost in at East Carolina and they lost at Tulsa. None of those teams, uh, of course, Wichita State's in the, the first four, but the other two teams were not very good this year. And they just didn't perform. And of course, they looked good in their conference tournament, except for a, a close game against Memphis. And Memphis isn't terrible, but but still, I think Houston is so beatable in one of those first two round games. I think Rutgers has a shot at them. And then the winner of the West Virginia, uh, Syracuse or um, San Diego State game, I, I really think beats Houston. I really don't see Houston in the Elite Eight. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, if you look back at their schedule, like you said, they've played nobody ranked all year. 
And so I feel like they haven't had that competition and they haven't had that challenge almost to make them better. So I feel like if I don't think they have the potential to lose to Cleveland State, but between Clemson and Rutgers, I feel like that team definitely has the advantage against the two seed Houston. I think one thing you got to we have to remember about Houston is that their strength is defense and defense travels in the tournament. Uh, if you're a good three point shooting team, that doesn't necessarily travel all the time. Uh, you're kind of banking on the ability to make shots that day, but defense travels in the tournament just like it does in just about every sport. So um, Houston, while they're not a popular two seed, uh, they can get hot and they can, they're they're led by their defense. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they were to make it to the Elite Eight or even the Final Four. I'd be interested to see if even like 110 points would be scored if Syracuse and Houston matched up in the Sweet 16 just by by how those two squads play defense and especially that stifling 2-3 zone. Uh, Syracuse, they made it to the Final Four as a 10th seed. Of course, you mentioned that earlier. And the 2-3 zone is always just something to to look out for. They always play well in the tournament and historically. And I know it's a different team every year, um, but they played well at the end of the year. And it's going to be interesting. I like West Virginia, though, to to match up against Illinois in the Elite Eight. Yeah, West Virginia is an awesome team to watch. They lost one of their better players early in the season, but didn't really skip a beat this year. And obviously, Bob Huggins is their coach, who's a great coach, and uh, just missed out on the Hall of Fame this year and prob- will probably get in eventually here soon. So um, West Virginia is exciting, and they played, obviously, they beat Baylor um, a couple weeks ago, and uh, they know how to win when the time matters. Yeah, I definitely have Illinois and West Virginia uh, going head-to-head in the Elite Eight. Uh, ultimately, I think the sumo and uh, Coburn is going to be too much for West Virginia, but I feel like it's going to be a great matchup to look forward to. West Virginia has played decently well down the stretch. Of course, they've had those, those back-to-back losses against Oklahoma State, and they lost to Baylor in overtime. But they've played the top teams in the country, and they've they've won a lot of big games against them too. But I have Illinois. Yeah, you have Kofi and AO. And, I think that team is just so hot right now. And I just don't see, to me, I don't understand how Kofi doesn't put up, Kofi Coburn doesn't put up 30 points a game. He's so much stronger than anyone else. You just give him the ball down low and let him back it down. He's got some touchdown there too. Um, we were watching the end of that Ohio State game and it turned into the point where Ohio State smartly was like a hack-a-shack thing. They're just, you know, sent Kofi to the, sent Kofi to the line because he's a, you know, a 50% free throw shooter there. But I, I really like them. Um, to come out and, and do really well. Uh, of course, I wish Loyola Chicago, I think they got underseeded as an eight seed. Um, I think they could have been a, a seven or a six seed and they're going to have a tough matchup against Illinois if they can even get past a, a red hot Georgia Tech team. Um, but, you know, that's that's that, that's the regions. Um, let's go on to the final four. Um, I have Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, and Florida State. I know your guys differs a little bit. What do you guys have there? So I have a uh, Gonzaga, Florida State, Ohio State, and Illinois. Uh, I'm, I'm different by one. That. Yeah, I was about to say it's different by one, but I'm really hoping that there's that Big Ten matchup again between uh, Illinois and Ohio State, and that's kind of why I picked Ohio State to win this. And I feel like just because they lost to Illinois, I don't feel like that's a step in the wrong direction because uh, they played a great game. I feel like they could definitely turn it around and make a run again. I know we talked about UConn earlier, but they weren't actually my choice to make the final four. I just think they could go on a little bit of a run. So my final four is actually Gonzaga, Florida State, Purdue, and Illinois. Uh, I know Purdue's kind of a little bit of a long shot, but I love watching them play this year. I think Matt Painter is one of the best coaches in the country. So, um, and I have, I have Gonzaga and Illinois in the championship and Illinois taking it. So 
That's it's, it, it's funny because our final fours, and we didn't even talk about this before, <laughs> but we all had Florida State. Florida State is a four seed making it to the final four. We all had Gonzaga making it to the final four. We all had Illinois making it to the final four. And then we all had three different teams coming out of that South bracket. I had Baylor, Jackson had um, Ohio State, and Smeevil went with the four seed Purdue. But I, I also have Gonzaga and Illinois playing in the championship. And I have Illinois winning the championship. That would be such a great game. But both those teams shoot at over 50%. Uh, and it's just, it's going to be such a fun. This tournament to me, there are so many intriguing matchups and college basketball um, has a few powerhouse teams this year, but also a lot of uh, teams that can, can make a run at it. And I think this is going to be one of the more exciting tournaments we've had in a while. What, who do you have winning it, Jackson? I actually have uh, Gonzaga winning it. I feel like Jalen Suggs is going to pull it off, but I'm excited to watch the AO versus Suggs matchup that they'll have. So I'm excited. Actually, uh, you know, I actually watched you know, Gonzaga in Illinois. Yeah, I actually watched uh, Jalen Suggs play high school football, and he's just as good as football as he is in basketball. He actually uh, had the chance to go to Ohio State for football and chose basketball, so that just tells you how good he is. Well, I think he made the right decision. I'm sure he would have done just well at uh, Ohio State in football as well. But Yeah, uh, you top know. five draft pick. Yeah, he's, he definitely made the right decision. Uh, Mass AO. I cannot wait to watch everything that's going down, and this is just going to be – a great, great tournament, and I appreciate you guys all hanging in there with us, and and I thank you guys for listening. Uh, Jackson and Smeevil, thanks for thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having me, Goody. Yeah, of course. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help us out by subscribing to us and liking us on your favorite podcast provider, so you will know when our next episode comes out. And you can also follow us on Twitter at wu underscore smaac. Um, so that's WU underscore SMAC or at Instagram at WU Sports Club. So the Webster University Sports Club, but just the, you know, abbreviated WU. So until next time, uh, let's enjoy March Madness. And thank you very much for tuning in. And we'll see you next time.